Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. To the Farms Advice podcast, we have Louisa Kiley from Carbon Australia. Louisa, how are you going? Hi, Jack. I'm good, thank you. Amazing to have you on. I'm sure a few listeners know that carbon's a bit of a hot topic at the moment. 
I imagine you're run off your feet. Yes, it, it's incredible, Jack. Um, we, we have finally become the overnight sensation we're always going to be 15 years ago. Yeah, so where you are now is where you should have been 15 years ago, you think? It, it's where the world should have been 15 years ago, Jack. You know, yeah. no matter which way you look at it, if you, if you want to put carbon back in the soil for improved productivity, uh, better water holding capacity, a better soil structure, that job needed doing 15 years ago, and now the carbon job where we can actually take it out of the air and store the carbon safely in trees and under the soil um, it is also a climate mitigation job that needed to be done 15 years ago. Yeah, absolutely. Can we, are we able to catch up that 15 years now with the technology or ways of measuring, or is it we're just 15 years behind from now? Nope. Look, if the government took the same, and I'm talking governments of the world, yep. if this government and governments of the world took the same approach to climate mitigation using farmers' ability to sequester carbon in soils and trees, as they have taken to the COVID uh, disaster or pandemic, um, we could catch up that time. Because, uh, and all it takes is listening to the science. And yep. they listen to the science in the coronavirus and now we could definitely do the same, uh, but that is virtually what it would take to catch up those 15. Can we catch up 10, you know, maybe, or five, maybe, but it, it needs to be immediate now. And farmers, in our view, at Carbon Farmers of Australia, we've always viewed farmers as the VIPs of this job that needs to be done. Yeah, well, we're the ones on the ground working at day in and day out and how we utilise it. We're trying to get the most out of the ground, but maybe we should be also thinking about what can go back into it and start the cycle. The, the, the issue was we forgot. We, we remembered that we were taking nitrogen out. We remembered that we were taking phosphorus out. We remembered those things and you could put them back in a bag. Now we, were, we've, we forgot that out of the height of the animal, in the food that's taken out, the crops, the carbon from the ground is headed off, off farm in them as well. But we didn't think about putting it back in. So, you know, carbon as the new fertiliser and the fertiliser that improves uh, not just your product, if that's your cow or your, or your crop, it also improves your natural capital or the capital uh, that is your land because it improves productivity as it goes. So that is um, one, of the, one of the key things we say. This market is the only market where you can sell the product, which is actually carbon dioxide, carbon turned into carbon dioxide, uh, and keep the benefit on farm. So you grow a cow, you got to take that cow off the farm, no, no longer any benefit to you. You keep that carbon in the soil and in the trees, and you get those productivity gains over and over. Yeah, well, that's precisely what I'm trying to look at with the podcast, improving efficiencies and productivity. We'll touch on that a bit later, but before we get into it, can you just tell us a bit about Louisa, who she is and where she's come from and why she's so passionate about carbon for Australian farmers? Well, it was, uh, look, we did start this in about 2005. Yeah. We were tree changer farmers. We were farming um, merino fine wool 
uh, in the Wellington, New South Wales district, so the Mudgee yep. Wellington district. Um, I decided to, to, to go out on farm when the kids were a bit older. And, but we were uh, trained, we were chosen as innovative farmers um, for a CMA, um, uh, yeah, CMA course uh, um, in about 2005 as innovative farmers. And we were taught the carbon cycle in that. We had done some uh, planned grazing, so we did the holistic management courses. I had a degree in agricultural <laughs> economics from UNE, strangely enough. And um, so, and, and then we were on farm, farming as tree changes. So I made every mistake in the book, but we were taught this with the carbon cycle. And that is exactly what we've just said, how we take it out of, uh, out of the ground and it goes back up in the air, but we've also got the ability to bring it back down and improve productivity. And even back then, it was clear to us that that could be a climate mitigation um, benefit. So we came from a marketing background and uh, we were used to selling widgets, whatever, you know, uh, your client wanted to sell, that was uh, your widget. Uh, but you can't sell a widget if nobody understands what a widget is, Jack. And so nobody really understood what, how, you know, what is this carbon? How can you make a market out of this carbon stuff? You know, it's sort of weird. Um, and so we had to lobby. We became lobbyists. We lobbied the government. We lobbied for a soil carbon method way back in 2005, six, seven. I've, I've run nine carbon farming conferences and expos. We've written the only carbon farming handbook. You know, we went full on because it is something it appears to be once the soil grabs you that you do become passionate. And, and so many farms needed uh, it, not only just to get that productivity gain, but also for a potential new, very large market which is now emerging. So all of those things we sort of foresaw. And in 2013, uh, we got the world's first soil carbon method. Yep. And to today, uh, the third version of the Australian soil carbon method is coming out. And that's not to discount planting trees and the other, the other methods, but in particular in the soil carbon uh, world, and so we have got a, not just the first method, which meant that we could then go and sell the widget called carbon. Once we had that market, once we had those methods, we could then go out. And it wasn't just us, there's, 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 there's others, uh, but you know that is where we came from. And so it, it's a T model Ford, the current method, uh, but in order to get a Ferrari, you have to go through the T model Ford stage and yes. so now we're about to get the 2021 soil carbon method and we feel it will have solved many of the issues that we've learned about in the 2018 model of it. And so we're really looking forward to that evolution. And we are also the only country that has sold uh, a Paris Agreement compliant uh, uh, credits um, into, a, into a market. And that was done by our uh, colleagues at um, at AgriProof. So we are leading in this. I sit in now international Zoom meetings, as you do, you can fit in several Zoom meetings in a day these days, uh, and, and with people uh, who have started up things like the European uh, carbon farmers and, uh, you know, different, different ones like that. Some of them, their governments aren't yet ready for it, but if you've got the methods you can you can assist the farmers to get going 
So, um, and a pivotal moment was when we got that soil carbon method approved, Jack. You know, that was amazing because it hadn't been done before. There were a couple of other methods uh, around, but it meant we could now, we had a market, we had a way to make a market for a product called uh, carbon dioxide. That's outstanding, you're the first ones. Who actually ticks that off? Is that a global certification? Yeah, good question. Um, ours are domestic under yep. what's called the Emissions Reduction Fund. Uh, however, if you don't like that particular method, there are international methods. And uh, so I can't export my Australian one at the moment, not directly, okay? But um, if I wished, I could set up an international uh, stand. You know, there are other international standards that can be done both here and internationally. But this is a domestic one specific to the Australian and the, the uh, unit or the credit that you get is an Australian carbon credit unit. And that's, you know, that's the one that, that you're selling. Great stuff. So that gives us the basis, farmers the basis to start to measure those credits. Is that what it works out into? So this method, and if we keep it just to the soil carbon method, because that yes. keeps it simpler, um, in, in the soil carbon method, uh, we wanted the farmers to be able to be paid for as much carbon as they can get. You know, yep. not an estimate, not a little bit. You go for it, Mr. Farmer, and you show us how, what you can do and, and how you're going to keep it there. It's important that, it, that, that it's kept there. Uh, but the method says that we must measure in a very particular way. We go out with a rig. Uh, you have to register first, by the way. Number one yep. is register. Then, then you go and uh, uh, measure your current soil carbon. And it's a great exercise, Jack, when farmers get to see. So we go down um, as far towards a metre as we possibly can. You know, and in Australian soils, that's not everywhere. <laughs> you know, yeah, that's, yeah. we've got clay pans, we've got hard pans, we've got all sorts of, you know, things uh, under there. But when a farmer gets that information back, he can see what he's been farming on. And a lot of farmers are farming on 1% carbon. A farmer can estimate his carbon if he's got any soil tests that have got soil organic matter in them, by the way, because soil organic carbon is around 58% soil organic uh, matter. 58% yep. uh, of soil organic matter is soil organic carbon. So they can estimate it if they've got some old soil tests. But uh, if farmers think that, think that they're more advanced really than they are uh, in terms of what they're farming on. So often they're farming on 1%, 2%. What we're aiming for is 3%, 4%, 5%, okay? Uh, depending on rainfall, depending on where you are, obviously. You know, we're, we're a fairly big country, so there's a lot of variation. Then they undertake their new uh, activity, which is often, um, uh, it's either changed cropping uh, uh, um, management. Um, that could be changes in your... Uh, uh, fertilizer regime. Uh, there's there are new things coming along. In a grazing sense, it is uh, quite often it is changed um, animal management. So potentially going, uh, you, you know, in the intensification of grazing, uh, higher stocking rate for a shorter amount of time, greater amount of rest. You know, just in in general. But there are other things you can do. Quite a number of things that you believe will increase your soil carbon. Then when you think you've increased your soil carbon, you remeasure, 
And then if, you've, if you can detect that change, then you've got the ability to uh, report it, have it audited, then make a claim. So that's a very simplified, devil is in the detail in there, Jack, but that's a simplified approach to what we do. Yeah, absolutely. And I hope like farmers look into it just to see, it's cool. Have you actually seen someone with 1% carbon stored in their soil? They've come on the program, started to measure and what do they like, what sort of carbon percentage is normal for storing? It's, yeah, it's still too early, you know, yep. it, it, to, to tell. If you want to know what's good in your district, you, you can always go to the cemetery or, you know, some of those. If you, <laughs> but you're looking for an undisturbed area. Yeah, yeah. We, we, happen to we happen to have had a cemetery on our, on our place in Wellington. But, um, uh, you, you know, it, you're looking for an area to know what your farm might be able to do, you, you know, in the future. If you could find an undisturbed area, then, uh, you know, that could give you a clue as to what it can do. Or, you know, see, we don't have a lot of soil information. That is our problem. It's always been our problem. Yeah. That we just haven't got a database of, you know, um, there are maps now of, of uh, you know, of the Australian soils and things, but I'm not terribly familiar with them. Yeah, okay. So we're starting to build up the data there. Um, and then we'll start to see the trends of what's happening, different areas as well. Mm. And also different, like mm. from livestock to broad acre cropping. Um, and everyone in Absolutely. between. How, how does yep, it differ from Broadacre to like large pastoralists where they've just got copious amount okay. of land? Um, are yep. they able to actually get involved in carbon farming as well? Look, look, they can. There, there has been a perception that you can't really uh, change it much in the rangelands, for instance, once yep. you get out in the really extensive areas, pastoral areas, for yep. instance. You know, there's a perception about what can and can't be done. I, 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 I believe that farmers will disprove those. And I've got a, a couple in South Australia. We've got the first, um, it's actually a tree carbon uh, project, but in the pastoral district of South Australia, across a large area of land. Yep. But you're looking at smaller, smaller amounts per hectare, but, uh, you, you know, there'll be innovation will come uh, with those. In the cropping sense, it's also always been believed that the absolute best that you can do even <coughs> with conservation village and no-till and those things would be to not lose more carbon. But there's work going on about inoculating with, you, you know, fams and uh, my, microbial uh, things around the seeds yep. that are being shown to assist it to actually sequester carbon as you crop. So there's real work going on uh, in, in each of those areas, which will enable farmers to uh, understand exactly what they think they can do and then prove it, Jack. Yeah, okay, amazing. So we can rely on the natural abilities of the soil and like the flora and fauna doing their thing and also the manual inputs. Of inoculating yeah, well, seed. there's, yep, yep, microbial, um, yep. My, microbial additions, changing your, changing your stocking, um, uh, your stocking strategy, not your stocking rate or your, though, you know, we're not talking about taking the animals off. The cow's not bad. The way the cow is used is sometimes bad. So, yep. you know, this is something to really uh, help 
some people understand. Uh, and so, yeah, and farmers will have more variety to choose from. Composts, compost teas, you know, all of those uh, sorts of things. Biochar, um, biochar additives, dung beetles, you know, there's a wide sort of, and the more the farmers say, well, to their suppliers, I've got a carbon project on my farm. You show me that your uh, your supply of U-Butte stuff uh, will increase my carbon and help me uh, keep it in, in the ground. And then you'll see a change for the agronomy, Jack. The agronomists will, uh, you know, that they be, they will change their tune as well. Yeah, exactly. So it's starting from the bottom and impacting your larger area. For the podcast, what I try to look at is yep. for farmers to try to diversify what they do, where they get yes. their income. A big thing yes. that farmers are looking at within carbon is diversifying their farm income. How does this play out? And like what what sort of income are you thinking? Is it going to be reliable or is it going to be a bit more ad hoc? Okay, so uh, the second one first, you can get an income yep. in a soil carbon project yep. for up to 25 years. You can also get an income for planting trees for up to 25 years as well, okay? Um, or until that your carbon doesn't increase anymore. Once there's not an increase, you know, you can't sell an increase. So, uh, but by that stage, if you've gone from 1% to 4%, uh, you, you know, you, your productivity gains um, will be well worth you just maintaining that 4% anyway. You've done it, you've shown that you can do it and you can, and, and that will be, you know, where your gains come from there. It, it, in terms of diversification, this is what farmers are really interested in now. And, and this market whereby you can sell the product but keep the benefit on farm, you know, that's like made in heaven in terms of, you know, an actual diversification of yeah. income. Look, it's not it's not viewed as the easiest thing because our, the methods have been T-model forwards, number one. The uh, administration is quite high. Your measure, your measurement is very uh, needs to be very precise. Your monitoring, all of those things. So it's a reasonably high regulatory burden, but that is what people like Carbon Farmers of Australia do. It has given rise to uh, you, you know providers such as Carbon Farmers of Australia. My job is to assist the farmers to get through all of that to a credit and make sure they don't you, you know that they can pass audit and all of those things. So it's a good diversification of income. Uh, it's as yet untapped in many ways. And one of them, I just heard uh, Minister Littleproud on the radio before, and he was saying uh, that the potential is not just carbon, but also biodiversity or stewardship, whatever it is that you, you like to call it. And there's several methods of those at the moment. So there is a pilot out at the moment that Little Proud has done um, under the Ag Stewardship Program. And they are piloting the fact that a farmer could have um, a tree project, tree planting. This is specific yeah. around tree planting, but it shows what the diversification could be, okay? So uh, do an ERF tree planting. It's one of the simplest ones. You have to have a few biodiverse trees, Increased shade, increased shelter, all of those things. So, so some um, co-benefits as well. So you get the co-benefits, you get the ERF income, and then the pilot is paying them also for a biodiversity increase. 
And so, uh, you know, if, if you price the uh, co-benefit, I, I don't know, you, you, I don't like to say figures because they seem to stay in the air, Jack, if you yeah. say figures. But let, so, so let's just say you, you put a dollar figure to you buy it to your co-benefits, increased shade shelter in the, in the yeah. case of trees because they can be done in a pattern. Uh, you get those paid for by the biodiversity credit scheme uh, that Little Proud's running. And you get the ERF credits from the trees for up to 25 years as well. Now you're really starting to talk of good diversification. Yeah. So, yeah. so, so they're, they're the potentials. The other potential for diversification is in um, things like, um, you know, water credits, for instance. You know, once we value what we're doing with the water, we, we call it a whole of farm. We say the farmer is in charge now of a whole of farm carbon and biodiversity resource. And keep your ears out for new markets in, in, uh, in all of them. On, on farm solar, on farm wind, you, you know, that all of these, can, can a city dweller do these things? No, you know, they can't. But uh, it, the, so there is, there's potential in uh, all, all of those areas. That's astounding, like the different options. It's always good to have a few options as a farmer. Um, some may not be applied to them, applicable to them. So then like they can just go out and plant some trees. But what they're going to be seeing is a bit of revenue if they get approved for the audit. But also yeah. The, yeah. Most, the most value is going to be on farm. You should see that your carbon is stored and you're improving, yeah. improving your own system that's been worked alongside your yeah. own existing farm it's good stuff. yeah because there's a, 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 a there's a lot of farms that could do especially under a warming climate the the animals actually go to shade i've watched them you know by 20 degrees they're seeking seeking shade yeah. um and a lot of farms you know simply don't have uh, uh that there for them anymore so they're going to be a loss of productivity in a in a warming climate unless we you, you know integrate the idea is you to, to integrate it into the into the system. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. We don't have to go out and change everything that we're doing. It's just integrating it steadily and see how it goes and then mm. work along up into receiving some revenue for mm. it. Do you get like how mm. much how well like talking to farmers, is it hard to convince them mm. into it? Are they just looking for the money side it, of things or are they actually wanting to improve? What's the general uptake? It, it, any any farmer wants a gross margin done, yeah. uh, Jack. You know that's that's pretty much you, you know what, what they what they want. Very hard in the soil carbon space because how do I know how much you're going to store compared to Joe Blow compared to yeah. the other bloke? Yeah? yeah, you might be going to go at it hard, and the other bloke's not going to go at it so hard. So really hard. Uh, we can give them estimates on the soil testing costs and th uh, things like that. In the tree space, if you wanted to put, to plant, let's call it 20 hectares of um, an ERF <laughs> tree planting uh, project, okay? You've got your seven species, they all have to grow over two meters, 20% crown cover. Uh, and because it's a modeled approach, I can feed that, I can feed your district in, I can feed the DP lots into this model, and I can feed you know, the other data that I need into the model, and it will spit out how much carbon that you are likely to uh, be able to claim an estimate of it. Yep. And from there, 
you can do sums. You know, you can really sort of uh, go. Uh, but in terms of that pilot I was talking about a minute ago, uh, it, it's designed so that to help you help you cover the costs of the trees and potentially fencing, depending on how you're going to put them yep. in to the situation. Um, because then that particular method, there's not many other costs. You don't mm. have to have a soil test. Uh, you've, you, you've got to get them in the ground. Usually a, a farmer will provide that sort of labour. Uh, and, and then you've got to look after them. You know, if one dies, you've got to put another one in. You've got to make sure that they're, they're pretty clear of fire and you've got to make sure that they're above the browse line before you put any animals underneath or else the animals, you know, yeah. got the potential to eat the trees. So, um, it, it, you know, uh, under that scenario, you're, uh, the, the credits are sort of don't have a lot of upfront cost to them if you can, you know, get a um, subsidy for the planting and things. So that's, that's that current pilot with Little Proud. Only very spe specific areas, not mine, I can assure you, uh, Jack. Um, cent Central West LLS in our yep. district. In, in our yeah, district. yeah, yeah. Yeah, precisely. I think if farmers can pick the lowest hanging fruits, like if you're going out and seeing that livestock need shade in this bare paddock, it'd be a good thing to mm. do a shadow strip up there um, and then start to mm. see work with yourself at Carbon Farmers Australia. What what mm. do you see as the, the biggest improvement? Like where do you want it to be um, for yeah. carbon and farmers? Yeah. Well, uh, look, f farmers as VIPs, Jack, as yeah. you know, farmers, they, uh, farmers are difficult as a group, you, you know, they don't, uh, we, we used to, we, we've got education and things that we yeah. used to say, uh, uh, it's like herding cats, and I'm sure people won't be offended <laughs> if I yeah, say yeah. that, highly, highly individualistic, you know, which is fantastic, That that's all good. Um, but uh, the, the biggest improvement would be we need more, uh, we need a wider industry, Jack, you know. So uh, Carbon Farmers Australia is re regionally based, um, headed up by a woman, the only one headed up by a woman. Uh, and, you know, I'm sort of like middle tier of what's called the Carbon Project developers. Yeah. Already the biggest ones, which, um, you know, have been city-based, they may have had farming in their backgrounds and all of those things, uh, but but they are, you know, they're based in Sydney um, and, and, and different places. A couple of them have now got regional offices. Um, but I, I'd like to see more project developers understand, which would be my competition, by the way, yeah. uh, uh, understand how this works, helping farmers to do it, and, and having a regionally based industry that's not just the farmers that's also the developers and you know the providers of um, uh, uh, soil testing for instance uh, tree planting for instance you know there's a number of there, there is an industry that, that could be built you know regionally for this so we that's I'd, I'd like to see that encouraged yeah exactly I think if you're going to be working on it you need to sort of live and breathe it or just at least see how everyone's should be utilising it or like you could be driving past it each day rather than the city. You're not going to get those benefits for sure. That's really important, I think, though. Mm. But for you, what sort mm. of mm. challenge? Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. 
I was just going to say the land care, yeah. the land care industry, the, the, the land care groups, you, you know, I don't see why they couldn't be, uh, that why they couldn't do the job that I do, you know, for instance. It's not rocket science. I'm no rocket scientist, you know. So, um, yeah, but that could be one, one avenue as well. Yeah, the LLS, they could be an extension of what you're trying to do at Carbon Farmers and really deploy the tools out there um, each and every day for that. That'd be pretty cool to see um, people on the road trying to push for it every day. But like that moves on to my next question of challenges of obstacles of joining a new way of thinking. Is there a bit of a stigma attached um, to it? Do farmers just think it's for yes. the green thumbs? Uh, well, look, there was that. In the early days, you certainly couldn't talk about a, a warming climate, you know, yep. when, when you were going out there. There was a, a, a lot of, you know, that type of thing. Um, we do have, um, so it's often the younger, it's the son or the daughter, and, and the dad uh, has got the problem with it, you know. We've done it this way all the time. It's been good to us. You know, you've got this newfangled thing, son. And it, and it's hard. It's not that easy to get in your head. You know, it takes yeah. some time. There's so that there's those. Also, I, I believe that the NFF and the MLA could have been and uh, you know similar um, trusted advisors. Let's call them. Yeah. You, you know, um, could could have engaged with it more, so that they could let farmers understand it more you know if those yeah. trusted advisors aren't helping them to understand then um that makes it harder and, yeah. and the methods themselves the method themselves are, you know they're not written in plain english jack they are um you know, I've got a technical team because I certainly can't read those equations. I can't yeah. do those equations. So, um, you know, you need engineers and you need people who can do, you know, complicated equations and things. So, yeah, there's those. Those are the those have been the challenges. Um, however, you know, with Biden in and the push to have um, uh, targets, you know, and the twenty. Uh, net zero by 2050 being sort of like the one that's growing at the moment in terms of what you've got to do, um, that will drive demand. And once there's demand, you know, farmers farmers are very good at, at, at filling demand. Once they understand what that market is, they're, they're, they're good at it. Yeah, precisely. And with those like world leaders pushing for change, Biden's put a bit of pressure mm. on Australia, thinking that we're not doing enough. Um, and then hopefully ScoMo will step up to the plate or whoever comes in next after him if he doesn't make it. But yep, it's but yeah, but we, we there is a market already. Yeah, we we have we have done enough. I have got people asking me um, if I had fifty thousand ton right now of CO two sitting in what's called an ANRU account, which is the, the registry where they sit, um, I could sell them on the secondary market. And that price, it, so that's the non-government market, okay? Yeah. It's the private industry market. Um, and that price has gone up from 14.25 to 
to around 1850, 1840, 1850 in um, 18 months. So, right. you, you know... So when a farmer's thinking, even if you planted that tree today, that's the tricky bit as well, Jack, because say you were planting those trees today, well, they're not going to be worth claiming the carbon in for two or three years because they're too little, you know, yeah. there's just not enough carbon in them. So um, it, it, it's, it's still a forward-thinking <coughs> farmer that's, uh, that's, that's engaging with this as well. Where will the price of carbon be in four years when I'm claiming my increase in my soil carbon or my trees, you can claim sooner than that. But yeah. the claim is likely to be small if your trees are only small, for instance. Yeah, but there's some great short-term and long-term sites there as well. I think like three years is a pretty pretty close time frame. It's n nothing to scare you off. It's not like it's receiving after 10 years. Three years, you can yeah. prepare for that um, and really yeah. try to improve your thinking around that within that three years should be good for the industry as well. So, yep, absolutely. Moving on, myths within the industry. Do you have a myth in the industry you'd like to debunk? Um, it's too hard. Uh, it's complex. Uh, uh, it, you know, which comes right beside it. You know, it must be rocket science, but yep. it's not. Uh, so, I would like to debunk the myth that. Um, this, all I ask is to take a, a look at it through a lens of uh, a potential new market that could be very large and your enterprise yeah. and how you can bring it. Just bring an open mind uh, to it. And there's plenty of them, Jack. As you said, I am very busy. I'm fielding a lot of inquiries every day. From inquiry through the project, you know, there's still still a, a fair way in between yep. those and that's fine there's no i don't have a problem with that so the the myth is that you know it's hard uh, you know expensive look you you know we keep the expenses as low as we can uh, you do have to have your soil your soil tested it'd be nice if you were planting trees if you could get the, the cost of the trees done you know so lobby for that why doesn't the MLA just want to lobby for the, you know, free trees for everybody <laughs> that wants yeah. to plant one? <laughs> yeah, so there are a couple of the ones. Yeah, amazing. For any farmers listening, just get stuck in, read about and research what's going on, but take a look at us. Okay. Is it Carbon Farmers Australia? Yes. Yeah, Carbon Farmers of Australia. Yeah. Carbon Farmers of Australia. Get in and get, have a look and see what you can be doing for yourself. Now, for for like the ag techs or the farmers I've had on, I've had like, what? where do you see yourself in five to 10 years? But because the credits end after 25 years, I'll ask you, where do you find success in 25 years for yourself and the industry? Yep, yep. If I could be a partner in supplying the largest number of the highest quality agri, agri in general, yep. uh, credits, uh across the globe then i would die a very happy girl uh, uh jack so yeah you you know the uh to see the market come into its own yeah to see the farmers be valued in this market and, and to have all the the the, the uh 
the cred that they should and the pull that they should in this, although they, you know, and I'm not saying that we don't at the moment, we've got policy, we've got methods, we've got projects and we've got credits, you know, all being done. But it needs, the soil carbon needs to explode and the tree, the, the tree carbon in the planting sense needs to get bigger as well. So this is a global uh, good that we could do uh, for agribusiness and the, and the climate at the same time. Yeah, excellent. Let's put Australia on the front foot of carbon farming. Be good to see. <laughs> yeah, Louisa, that wraps us up for the Farms Vice podcast. Thank you for coming on. Did you have any last remarks you'd like to get off your chest for carbon farmers of Australia? <laughs> no, look, um, if you want to be kept in, in contact, I do have a newsletter. You just go to my site, Carbon Farmers of Australia. You know, it'll be one of those drop down things that says, do you want to join the newsletter? Um, I put them out only when I've got something to say. And uh, and I, I do believe I keep people uh, well informed yep. and have a look at the website. We do have quite a lot of information and I'm always uh, up for a chat, Jack. No problems at all. Amazing. And how do we actually apply? Is that on the website as well? Uh, no, you give me a bell for that. Yep. Uh, you, you can yes, you can put an inquiry in, and I will yep. get that, and I will answer that, uh, and and that starts the process off. Uh, and I'm on LinkedIn as well, uh, and and the best place really uh, is is the website, or just pick up the phone and give me a bell. Yeah, good stuff. I've been watching on for a fair while now, um, and it's good to see it's actually starting to get some momentum behind yourself, and hopefully, like your other associations can get behind you as well because actually it goes to improve them as well starting from the bottom starting from the soil yep. <laughs> famous last words well done jack that's it so for every guest i ask who would you like to hear on the farms vice podcast and why oh i know i said to you before that's gonna take look somebody from the soil carbon space i know maybe uh, you can get hold of Guy Webb. Yep. Now, Guy Webb is, is, is an agronomist who's doing amazing things in the uh, soil carbon space, in the cropping space, uh, which yeah, is cool. that very difficult space. Yeah, so Guy Webb, Soil Seed Quest. Uh, and he, lo he loves to chat, so all good. Absolutely, I'll have to give him a call. No, it's Louisa, thank you very much for coming on the podcast. We'll catch up in a year or so's time just to see where you're at. Keep your account Good on you. Okay, no problems. Thanks, Jack. Thank you very much for tuning in to our 48th episode with myself, Jack Roswell, as the host. Really appreciate your listening ears, and I really hope it does make a difference on your own farm or someone else's farm that you pass some information to. But be sure to share it with another farmer down the road or across Australia that you know that can get some benefit. Thank you to Louisa for her time in creating some great content for the farming community in Australia. Don't forget to like, comment and subscribe to keep us afloat here at Farm Survive. Head over to our Instagram to keep up to date and motivated to push your agribusiness even further. Until next time, keep on farming. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. 
But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian-developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.